Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Since that church news was actually filmed, we have had to cancel our church lunch after the service, so I'm sorry about that. We have to make a few little adjustments over the next couple of weeks with, you know, obviously people have been isolating. I think we've got our prayer team is isolating. Anyone that's had close contacts, there's been a few cases of um, COVID in the local schools, and so there's people throughout the next month just expect this just so you know that there might be people who can't make it to church there might be people that uh, we might have to change a few things that we do but um, if you do come up with symptoms we do encourage you get tested and you isolate or you you uh, spend some time at home Uh, but we had to can can our lunch for this this month but looking at next month we're hoping to be able to do something we'll think a bit differently uh, possibly do a barbecue down at the park just down here where we can all be out and have a bit of fun. Uh, and it's just the, the nature of what is happening right now. And I think as a church, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, how do I say this? We, we want to make sure that we are keeping people as safe as possible, making sure people are, are cared for as possible. Uh, but we're also not going to stop the mission that God has given us. And we're going to keep focused on what he has called us to do, which is to reach, raise and release. And we're going to keep moving in the right direction, regardless of whatever this world throws at us. You with me? So if you're in a place now where you're thinking, I'm I'm kind of wanting to get involved in church life, I'd encourage you now is actually the time to step into that, to step into a a team serving, to get into a a life group, to connect with people, uh, and also to to look out for others who may be, uh, you know, not feeling well or or being, feeling isolated. I've just been thinking about that word isolation, and I guess it's the thing that we've been told for for health and safety, but if you look from a a biblical kind of perspective, when any kind of isolation, although it was told for lepers, in the law, whenever you isolate people from the church, it's not a great thing. You know, when we get, sometimes when we feel down, we feel bad, what do we do? We, we don't want to see people, we kind of isolate ourselves. So it can actually be a tactic that the enemy uses to separate people and kind of get our eyes off community, off, off, of, off of him. So I want to pray now. If we, I wonder if we can pray for those who have had to isolate or may need to isolate and that we as a church would, would be able to, to care and minister the best that we can. Can we do that? Father, we just thank you, God, for um, all of our church family in the various uh, you know, places that they are right now. And we know that there are many that can't even be here this morning because they're unwell or because they've been um, told they need to, to stay at home. But God, we just pray your presence be with them. We pray as a family that they would be encouraged and strengthened. And Father, we hold up anyone that is sick or unwell right now with whatever it may be. Uh, we pray for Ash uh, Newton as well in her, her sickness right now, for Susie and some of the stuff that she's been going through. We just hold these people before you. And Father, we pray for your healing to come in their lives. And we pray that your will would be done in their lives. God, we just ask that you would do what only you can do that you would bring about healing in their, in, in their physical bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen. Also, so you saw on church news there that it is our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which is kicking off tomorrow. And I do say every year, I feel like I say this, don't write that off just because you've never fasted before or because you've never set aside a time to, to actually seek after God. Yeah, we can kind of put it into that box that that's just what super spiritual people do. Well, that's just what the church leaders do. But prayer and fasting is actually something that we are called to as Christians to have as part of our, our rhythm of life. It helps us to just align our hearts with God. I always think that fasting is not about us trying to get God's attention, get, like for Him to say, God, we're fasting, we're trying real hard, we're, we're denying ourselves, can you look at us? It's more about us giving Him our, our attention. Us aligning our hearts and saying, God, I'm getting rid of everything that may be pulling on my attention so that I can just focus on you. I want your heart. I want to align myself with you. And fasting is something that God has given us, a gift that some of us like and some of us really do not like. <laughs> I don't know how many people enjoy not eating uh, for, for a long time, uh, but it, it, there, there, is some, there is some real merit in this. So if you have never engaged in fasting before, Perhaps this is the time when God would call you to set aside maybe a meal a week, maybe a, a, a day a week, maybe a week, maybe the whole 21 days, and believe for God to give you the grace that you need in that. It might not actually be food. I understand people have medical conditions and, and they're not actually, they can't go without food. Uh, it could be something else that the Lord puts on your heart to just to, to, to put away for the time to dedicate yourself to seeking Him. With fasting and prayer, so we've got the two there, it's not just about us trying to take a spiritual diet either, where we're not eating. The, the idea is that we, we direct our hearts to Him in prayer. So you can fast and just go through the rhythm and the routine and the ritual without actually dedicating and consecrating your heart to Him. So the whole idea is that we fast and go to Him. So during that 21 days, at whatever level you, uh, you feel the Lord put on your heart to be engaged in that, I just encourage you to say yes, to do whatever it is that He calls you to do. And then believe Him for the grace in that. Now, I know the first time I did a fast, uh, it was torture. I did three days. I felt the Lord just say to fast for three days so that he, uh, I was actually holding some stuff before Him with my future. And uh, I was like nearly dying after three days it was like so hard the worst thing was i went to bunnings on a weekend and the smell of the sausage sizzle oh my goodness it just got me man it was like i was oh it was demonic almost i was like but but it was an incredible you know experience in the end so i just encourage you he's got grace for it be a part of that now this morning as i said it is a family service and uh I've got some stuff that I wanted to use for all the kids, but I, I, I noticed there's not a lot of kids in here today. So, yeah, Jonas and Ryan and Isabella, anyone else? Jean-Luc sitting down there on the floor. <laughs> but um, who enjoys reading God's Word? A trick question, church. Uh, have, have you ever heard this term, brainwashed? You ever heard the term brainwashed? When I became a Christian, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I came from a, a, an 
I guess not even an atheist background. I was kind of angry at God. Uh, I denied his existence, but I still was angry at him. Try and work that out. I don't know how that reconciled. But uh, my life was an absolute mess. Uh, my thinking was bad. My heart was bad. My actions were bad. My behaviors were bad. I was getting myself into a whole heap of trouble. And then I had an encounter with Jesus, and, and, and he became real to me. And after that point in time, my life literally changed. Some of it changed overnight, some of it was a process, but, but things started to change. The change was so different, though, in my life that my family, who are not Christians, they asked me this question multiple times, or they made this statement, you've been brainwashed. You have been brainwashed. And, and what, was that, what was that statement to, to say? That was to say that my behavior had changed so much that they thought that someone had brainwashed me to believe something or to do something different. And uh, I know that's a negative kind of thinking. If you think that someone's been brainwashed, it's not usually a, a good thing that we think of. But you know what? I actually considered it and I thought, hang on a second, I actually was brainwashed. I'm going to be careful how I say this. Because I'm not talking about someone forcing a, a belief system upon me. I'm talking about the, the fact that my mind, my, my brain, my mind was actually washed by the Word of God. That my mind was changed by the person of God. That, that uh, I'm not going to use the word brainwashed, but I'm going to use the word mind washed. I was actually mind washed by the truth. My, ch my thinking totally changed. My, the, the way that I saw things totally changed. And I, I, I thought, you know what? I actually have been mind washed. And that's not a bad thing. I would actually submit to us that we need to be mind washed. That we actually need our minds to be changed and transformed by God's word. That we need our hearts to be changed and transformed by his spirit. Is anyone with me on this? Or is it just me that's <laughs> thinking it? But I thought about it and, and thought, you know what? I have been mind washed and I am so thankful to God that he has done this work in my mind that I could not do by myself. That by his grace and by his power, he was able to change the way that I think, change the way I, 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 um, I comprehend things, change the way I understand things in alignment with his word. Now, I want to read from a passage of Scripture that you're probably very, very uh, familiar with. And it is this. It's Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm reading from the NIV, if we could put the NIV there. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we might say, I know that passage of Scripture. I've memorized it. I've got it on the fridge. But I'm in this place where I think, you know, don't tell me that you know it if your life isn't showing it. Don't tell me that you, you know it if it doesn't show in your life. Because this is not just a one-off thing that takes place when we come to Jesus. This is an ongoing work of the Spirit to renew our minds so that we are transformed. 
Now, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to actually give some thought to this. I'm not going to get you to answer it, but I want to ask you right now, what are some of the things that are informing your thinking today? Don't give me an answer. Just have a think about it. If you had to identify some things in your mind, in your life, that are uh, are informing your way of thinking, what would you say? Have a think to yourself. Now, we probably answer that in many different ways. Some of us would come up with, you know, the answer that I probably was looking for, which is God's word or God's ways or God's person would inform our thinking. But there'll be other things that inform our thinking too. Things that are going into our minds, the news that we're watching, the books that we're reading, the songs that we're listening to. Do you know those things have, a, have an effect on your thinking? They have an effect on your mind. They have an effect on the way that you process information. Some of the things that we look at with our eyes, the images that we may look at, uh, that, that affects our thinking. Our feelings. Many of us might not say that our feelings affect our thinking, but if you look at a lot of decisions that people make and you trace back to where is that decision coming from, it's being informed by a feeling rather than a fact or a truth. And we can make decisions, big decisions, based on how we feel in a certain uh, a moment. I always say, don't make a, a, a long-term decision based on a short-term feeling. Just be careful that you don't make long-term decisions based on short-term feelings, things that you, you're thinking in a, in a moment. But there are many things that would be trying to inform us or give us uh, this shape of our thinking and our minds. I want to look at a couple of words in that passage of Scripture in Romans 12. The first one being uh, conform. To conform means to shape oneself. This is from a Bible dictionary. To shape oneself, i.e. the mind or the character, to another's pattern. To fashion oneself according to. So Paul writes to the church and he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. He's saying, don't let your life be shaped or, or fashioned into the pattern or the customs of the world that you live in. Again, it's something we're probably familiar with. Yeah, I know, don't let my, don't let my life be conformed. But I, I, would, I would probably question that if we, if we really, really believe it if our lives are being conformed to the certain patterns that are part of our world, how, how active we are in making sure that we are not conformed. You see, you are being conformed. You are being shaped. You are being shaped into something. And what we learn is that we actually have a say in what we will be shaped into and what we will be shaped by. Paul says, don't let those things shape you. Don't let those things conform you, but let something else shape you. Can we show Romans 8, 29? This is later on or earlier in this, this letter. Uh, Paul says this to the church, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be, again that word, conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So God's actual intention for your life is that you will be shaped, that you will be conformed, that you will be fashioned like, that you will be made like patterned after. But it is who you are to be fashioned like, who you are to be conformed to, that really matters. 
We are being shaped. We're being conformed. We're being cha- transformed, changed in one way or the other. You get to choose which way you're going to go. And this is God's destiny for you. You want to talk about what's God's will for my life? What does God really want for your life? Well, this is it, that you would become more like Jesus. That, that, that your life would be shaped more and more and more by the life of Jesus to look more and more like the life of Jesus. And he'll use everything to do that. He'll use the things that we think are negative. If we respond, he, he will use that to shape Christ in us, to conform us to the image of his son. He'll use the things that we think are great to use that if we, if we respond to him in that way. But I ask you the question this morning, what are you being conformed to? What are you being shaped by? What are you being patterned by? And, and, and that comes down to, you know, every one of us is being shaped by something. And I've got some shapes here. And what, 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 what essentially takes place in our lives is God has given us a certain shape that we... You might be circle. You could be a triangle. You could be something else. God's given us a, sh- a certain shape that, that we would look like His Son, that, that our lives would be conformed to the Son, to, to the image of the Son, that we would eventually be shaped and patterned like Him. But the world is trying to conform us, shape us in a different pattern, in a different way, in a different shape. And what happens is if we go along with that, in order to to kind of fit the mold that the world would have for us, when we have a mold that God has created for us, and we think, no, no, I want to try and fit like what, you know, that mold there or that mold there, or the world says I should look like this or I should look like that or I need to do this and do that. And we actually, the only way that you can do that is by, by changing who you are to fit into another system or another process or another pattern. And what can take place is that in order to do that, we break ourselves. This could be dangerous. Jeez, you tell I've never used a hammer? Oh my goodness, you get the idea. Wow, this is like the most unbreakable block. I'm going to do a jump power hammer. Hey, we broke it. But we actually break ourselves trying to fit into some other mold or some other shape that, that God hasn't destined us to fit like. We're not to be conformed to the things of this world. He says, don't be conformed. That, that is an instruction, that is a command, that is a, a call to us. And wherever he calls us, he graces us. So don't be fashioned like the world. Don't let your, your, your heart and your mind be, be shaped by the things around you. Instead, he says, be transformed. And let's look at that word transformed. That word is metamorphu in the Greek. Metam- what, what word do you think that sounds like in the English? Metamorphosis, which is what? The changing into another form, to transform or to transfigure. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Instead, be transformed into a complete new, new nature, into a complete new form. Be transformed. It's the word that we have, metamorphosis, where we see the, you know, the, the, what is it that turns into a butterfly? Caterpillar. 
It goes into this, this cocoon and it has this stage where it changes form. It changes into something else. That word that, that Paul uses is actually also used for the transfiguration of Jesus. It's the same, uh, gr- the same Greek word that's used for the transfiguration where Jesus completely changed form. Like it, it showed a different, it shows his glory. He's saying, don't be conformed. There's something better for you. There is something much more powerful available for you, and that is for you to be totally transformed, to become this new creation, and to be becoming this new creation, to be changing and being transformed by the power of God. Of God. And then what does he say? To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's look at that word renew. What does it mean to renew? To renew, anakanios. And this means a renewal, okay, thank you, or a renovation, complete change for the better. He wants you to be renewed, totally transformed for the better. And I love the word renovation. Anyone ever done a reno before? And you've done a couple of renos, you had to reno something. So what happens when you do a renovation? If If you're renovating your bathroom, for an example... What do you do with that, reno- that renovation? I don't want to use that, you know, that toilet's not working anymore. The bathroom's out of date. I want to get something else. I'm going to renovate that. Do you go and buy a new toilet and buy a new bath and just install it on top of the existing toilet and existing bath? Or do you just pretend the other one is not there and try and cram it in as well? To renovate means to replace, to, to break away that which was already there and to rebuild something new that is there. God is wanting to renew our minds, not just patch up your thinking, not just to, to, to kind of give you a, a, a bit of Christianese in, in, your, in your, your conversation, but to completely renew you, to renovate the way that you think, to break down those old patterns of thinking and to rebuild new patterns that are aligned with Him and his word that he would say that he wants us to be transformed by the renewal of what our mind and here we see the importance of our thinking of our minds that it is that we're transformed by the renewing and again i say that again it's not just the one off there is an ongoing process by which God is constantly renewing your mind because there is also there's an, ongoing com, uh, there's an ongoing process by which our minds are being shaped by other things. So God has to continuously renew, renew, renew our minds. And one of the things that he gives us, this beautiful gift, is his word to renew our minds. Come on, God is bringing us back to the, to the Bible. God is bringing us back to his word, that our thinking would be changed in line with what he, what he says, with what he believes. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 28. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her, wash, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, without any blemish, but holy and blameless. What an incredible picture he gives us. 
And, and Paul makes this, this connection between what, the, the love of Christ for his church. And he says that, that he presents her, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. I say to us this morning, we want our minds to be washed from all of the filth, from all of the, the things that would compound in our mind, in our thinking, from all of those things that would cause fear, from all of those things that would distract us, that our minds would be washed by His Word, that our lives would be washed by His Word, that, that, that we would have uh, this continual process that when those things compound, when we're being conformed in the other way, that we would come back to Him and that we would look at what He says and we would allow our thinking to be aligned with His. As difficult a process as that can be, that we would allow His Word to wash. And that word wash is rhema. It's not just the logos word, it's the rhema word. It's as God speaks His Word. That God speaks to us a fresh word. That God speaks through His Word to us to give us life, to, to, to bring our, our thinking into alignment with Him. Have you ever had a moment where you, you, you've brought something to God and He's just changed your mind? where you've been thinking in a certain way or, or you've had a certain feeling or there's been something that's been troubling you and you, you're like, God, I, I just need your mind on this. I need your heart on this. Can you show me what you say about this? Can you show me what you think about this? What, what, what does this mean to you? And he gives you something. You ever had that experience? And, and he shows you and it changes your mind, doesn't it? And then, and then you, you, you're like, wow, I didn't have that revelation. Maybe I didn't understand that. Maybe I was thinking in the wrong direction or from the wrong place. And then God washes our mind and cleanses us from those things through his word. It is an incredible, incredible uh, gift to us. And I want to encourage us to, to be in the word of God. We see this, uh, this picture in the Old Testament when um, they were given instruction to build the temple. They were given instruction to build the tabernacle first. That, that uh, the, the process and the layout of how they would come to the holy, the, the holy place, or how the priest would enter into the holy place, that before, between the, um, the altar of sacrifice and the, the entrance of the, the holy place, there was this thing called the bronze laver, which was like the bronze basin. And the priests, before they were to enter into, uh, so they, they'd already given the sacrifice on the altar, but before they entered into that place, they needed to wash themselves. They needed to cleanse themselves, their, their hands and their feet. They needed to, to be cleansed. It was a different thing from the sacrifice. It was different to the sacrifice. The sacrifice was made on the altar, and then they moved through to the, to the basin where they would wash. And this was about ceremonial cleaning or being prepared for service a sanctifying process so that they could enter into service they couldn't wash themselves at home although it would have, might have had the same effect they had to come to this place and go through this process where they were then being prepared cleansed for the next part of service you know jesus sacrifice was totally sufficient his sacrifice was completely sufficient and we have been cleansed by his blood at the altar. 
by the sacrifice that he's, he made at the altar, we have been cleansed of sin. We have been cleansed of unrighteousness. And then we come to this place where we, we have this washing, this continual washing for sanctification, for service of him, that we're being washed by his word. We're, we're, we're washing and we're cleansing and we're being cleansed and continuously being sanctified and transformed for the purpose of service to him. We know that the Old Testament points to Jesus, that these types and these pictures are images that tell us of what he would do and how we were to live in him. And this is, this, they, they had to wash this. The, the, um, the priest, the, the kind of understanding was that they weren't supposed to wash even just by dipping into the water, that they needed to, to use the cup or to, 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 to flow the water so that it was moving. So they weren't washing in the stagnant kind of water, but it was something that was flowing. You know, how, how incredible is that, that God would want us to not just live off of stagnant word or what we, what we learned a couple of years ago, but to have that constant daily bread where he's, starting, he's speaking to us daily through his word and he's building and he's cleansing and he's washing us clean. So maybe we need our minds washed. Maybe we do need to come to the word and to ask God to, to cleanse our thinking. And you know what we need to be cleansed from, our thinking? It's not just what you probably think it is. Can we show that, that picture again, Lockie? Of the things that need to be cleaned. There's things that are unclean. You know, sometimes we have thoughts that are unclean, and that's probably obvious. God, we want, we want that to be washed. We want that to be cleansed. We want to be purified. But there are things also that are untrue. Do you know that you may be believing certain lies about yourself? You may be believing certain lies about who God is. And those things are affecting your thinking. They're affecting the way that you do life. We, we have these things that, that we need to be cleansed from. There are negative thoughts. I don't know how many times I, I, I think negative things. I try to be a positive kind of person. But there's always these little thoughts that come in. You're not enough. You're not good. You, you know, there's, there's, there's these different things that you can't do that. There's all these different things that come into my mind. Am I the only one? But then there can be, <laughs> there can be positive things as well. Do you know that some thoughts that we have that we think are good are actually distortions of truth, even though they sound like truth? Positive slogans. I read something yesterday. I sent it to Kyle. It's like a self-help guru. And he wrote this thing that sounds so noble. And so like, yeah, you really should look on the inside of yourself. And, uh, and I was thinking, it's a slight distortion of truth. But people take that as truth and then build our lives and our thinking around these things. So again, it's not just the negative things. Sometimes it's the things that we think are God or godly, but they actually aren't. Align it with the Word. What does it say in Scripture? What, what does God say about it? Check it out. Is that what He says? Images that we see, different things, slogans. But then we, we come to this thought, which we see in um, 2 Corinthians 5.10. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must stand we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we, deser we deserve. Uh, I think, is that the right one? From verse 4. I'll read what I've got here. 
The weapons we fight with, tenfold. <laughs> I've given you the wrong one, Lockie. I was testing everyone to see what you are thinking. Sorry. Tenfold. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. So it's not just the negative things, it's not just the positive things, it's any thinking that that exalts itself or sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ, against the knowledge of God. And we are, t- we are called to, to demolish that, to tear that down. I love the way he says we demolish the argument, not necessarily the person. Sometimes we can get stuck in this thing where in order to kind uh, of take down your argument, I'm going to try and demolish you as a person. I'm going to use my words to, to demean and to break you down. That's not what he says. We work against the argument or against the, the philosophy or the thing that is spoken. And then we break that down. We demolish that. Any thinking that exalts itself, tries to set itself against up above Christ, that is what we are to take down. And how do we do that? By the weapons that He has given us. Prayer, fasting, His Word. Those things that are not of this world, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of those strongholds. I want to bring us back to that again, to come back to the Word of God, to, 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 to let your mind be transformed, to let your mind be washed clean by His Word. Now, this is, I'm going to finish with this, to give you a bit of a uh, demonstration of what this might look like for us. Can I walk over there and get that stool? Now, I've got my trusty assistant, Isabella, to come and help me here. Now, I'm going through life. Bella, why don't you come up here? I'm going through life, and I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah, you'll need that one too, babe. I'm going through life, and I'm, you know, I'm going through school. I'm going to university. I'm going to work. And there's these certain things that are, you know, people are saying to me, which are almost like different thoughts that are, that are coming onto my mind. They're telling me about these philosophies about who God is. And it gets onto my mind, onto my hair. Not my hair. I did my hair this morning. And if I'm not careful, <coughs> it's not covid if I'm not careful, these things start to, to build like residue on my mind. And I'm, I, if I'm not careful, I start to get all of these different thoughts that are building up, building up on me that are starting to, to change even the way that I think. And they just keep building and building and building and there's more and there's more. It might be negative thinking that... Uh, adds up to more negative thinking or it might be a lie that I start to believe and I start to go the other way. And so then these things are starting to build up and before you know it, my mind is completely covered in chalk and flour and all these other things that aren't necessarily God's word. But then we have been given the antidote to cleanse our minds. 
which is God's word. By the washing of his word, that all of those, I should have changed my shirt, that all of those things that we're thinking (laughs) will slowly be washed away by his word. That his word would start to renew my mind and that I would be transformed by his word. (laughs) I need a snorkel. That I'd be transformed by his word. So let his word wash you. Let his word cleanse you. Let his word (laughs) wash away all of those patterns of thinking and renew your mind. Okay, that's enough, babe. You're liking that a little bit too much. She is enjoying that way too much. Gee, I've been not moved too far. Is Vanessa's not here, so I can. But can you hear what I'm saying? Let your mind be renewed by His Word. Let it be cleansed by His Word. We need our minds washed constantly, and the world's not going to do it for you. You can be washed by the world, or you can be washed by the Word. Oh, you are so cute. Thank you so much. Bless you. Hey, let me pray and then we'll finish. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift that it is to us. God, we pray that you would give us again a love for your word. Lord, we pray that you would renew our minds by your word, that you would transform us as you do so. And God, we do pray that those ways of thinking that maybe we haven't even been accustomed to um, changing just yet, we pray that you would do the work in us to change those ways of thinking. We don't want to just come up with great ideas. We want your ideas. We want your way of thinking. And Lord, in this world right now, people are searching for truth. Be a, a, a mouthpiece for truth in this time. And in order for that to happen, God, we want to know the truth. We need to know your word. We need to know what you say and to be washed and cleansed by it daily. So God, would you give us again that hunger to be washed by your word, to be cleansed by your word as you have spoken to us. And I just pray that you would do this work in us and through us in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.